This season is sponsored by Gorillas, the sexy grocery delivery app revolutionizing online shopping. Fresh food delivered to your door in 10 minutes, catering to all your food loving needs. Sign me up. Operating in major cities in the UK and globally, Gorillas supports small businesses as well as local producers to bring your favourite brands to your door. And just to get your juices flowing, they are offering all listeners £10 off your first order when you spend £20. Download the Gorillas app and use the code SEXY10 at checkout. Hi and welcome to the Crazy Sexy Food Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Harley-Young. This podcast is all about the love of food and how it plays a part in our lives. I sit down with well-known personalities, food experts, chefs and people who just love their food to find out all about their life, career and their favourite tastes along the way. Today I'm joined by a lady who creates absolute masterpieces in the form of cakes. Lily Jones is one of the most sought-after bakers in the UK. Opening the doors to her East London bakery, Lily Vanilli, in 2008, she had a rather unconventional route into the baking world. Her beautiful, highly detailed and intricate designs are celebrated all over and she has worked with everyone from 10 Downing Street to Elton John, Uniglo to Alexander McQueen. She has written three cookbooks and consults with brands in the UK. She is also the co-founder of the industry-leading YBF Awards, and we are recording from the most glorious tea room in the Theatre Royal Jury Lane, where she now has a residency for afternoon tea. Lily, what a pleasure. Thank you for having me. (laughs) What an intro. I'm blushing. Um, First of all, how are you? I'm good. I'm fine. I'm happy. I just, as you say, I I just launched this tea. Uh, which really was like my big project throughout the lockdown. Feels like, you know, it's almost been two years. And we literally opened the doors yesterday and I'm just ecstatic. So, I mean, I don't even know how to describe where we are because I feel very uh, inept to be here. I should be in a beautiful gown, um, you know, with sort of people flocking around me with glasses of champagne. It's a Regency-inspired room, would you say? Regency-inspired, yes. Yes, the the decor very much so. And we took a lot of inspiration from specifically the decadence of that era. But we we, we really want this to be like a modern, fun space. So... Yes, you can get it dressed up and you would look perfectly fitting here in your gown, darling. But we also, you know, if, if people come in trainers, they're very welcome. Yeah. You know, we, we want this to be like a very um, democratic, open space. You know, it's not prohibitively expensive. Like this is um, this is a place you can pop into for a coffee. You know, that, that. that's the kind of yeah. energy. But yes, it's grand. It's, fabulous. it's so fabulous. Um, and what can we expect? So what, do you, what is the afternoon to you? What do we get? Okay, so <laughs> um, I really wanted to just tear up the rule book on afternoon tea I felt, I felt like that for a while that there's just space for something new um, it's great to draw on tradition but you don't want to end up eating things or having an experience which aren't really relevant today you know so most importantly I wanted this this to be designed with my sort of my my people in mind you know nice. my peers my customers you know my community and our generation and so we've got there's no sandwiches We've got sausage rolls. We've got those really beautiful, delicious savouries. We've got a 
slice of cake which is like really decadent chocolate cake with caramel and biscuit oh and decadent in, uh, decorated in our kind of regency styles so it's very cute everything's very cute we have a trolley which brings you a very boozy absinthe and mint chocolate chip ice cream which is Whoa. like I'm going to show it to you. It's like hand-carved, gorgeous, bespoke built, served into little silver shell cups. And it is genuinely, there's a shot of absinthe, 68% proof in every, and it's delicious. I'll oh make, my we'll, we'll go to the kitchen and I'll give you a taste. That sounds insane. It's, very, it's, all, it's all very glamorous. But I wanted to, you know, I wanted to make things that people actually get excited about eating today, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's very, I, you know, I, I'd finished everything and, and, you know, I looked at it, I was like, I've basically just made this massive kids' tea party. It's like sausage rolls, ice cream, cake, and custard, and um, jelly. Like there's oh, all of these and things. And also fabulous, because actually at the Theatre Royal right now, Frozen is on. So actually, this has worked perfectly for you it's like the, <laughs> in terms of a demographic. Yes, exactly. And the only nod to Frozen is the fact that there's ice cream. <laughs> Um, I think also something that you're that you've spoken about, which is sort of touching on like your community and like your peers. I think that's actually really important. I was speaking to and was actually researching for another podcast that I'm doing with a very sort of old school but incredibly renowned chef. And it's and I was actually talking about the idea that our palates have changed. You know, as much as we all love a traditional afternoon tea, we don't mm. necessarily want the things that the generations before were having why for we? afternoon tea. Exactly. And you know, the thing, you know, the other thing that, about the Regency era that, that was compelling for me is that it was the um, era of Anton Karam, who was this incredibly um, notorious, he was the world's first celebrity chef, and he kind of changed the way that we eat in restaurants, and he invented a lot of the um, desserts that we eat today, like mm. milfui and mm-hmm. croque and you know, he was this legend. But I think that we people get mixed up when they when they draw inspiration from history. It's not to recreate what those people did; it's to cre- recreate the spirit. What was cool about him was that he was a pioneer, and he, yeah. he he tore up the rule book and reinvented the way that people did things, and that had a lasting effect. Um, so it's to take on that spirit rather than copying and pasting the past. Absolutely, no, I love that. I love that. It's it's actually like a breath of fresh air, and I also think it invites like a younger generation to come in and not feel that they're like out of place if you know what I mean yeah it's like very inclusive if that's kind of the word I'm trying to use no it totally is that that's that's what we want so slightly shifting a little bit I always ask my guests what they had for breakfast nothing (gasps) that you're looking at it she's she's drinking a coffee yeah yeah I I don't really eat until later but I'm gonna be in the bakery all day today so I would just yeah I'll be eating and just out of curiosity when you are baking I mean are you eating cake I mean I'm assuming you've you've got to try what you're baking every day you know I'm long past the point where I can use that as an excuse I know what it's going to taste like yeah (laughs) I'm just she's just eating anyway it is something I should be over by now I've been doing this for 13 years but I will go to the bakery say and I will eat scones and I will eat cake and that's just what's going to (laughs) happen ice cream probably (laughs) that's okay that's okay there's not much I can do about it so I want to take it back a bit uh you were born in London yeah um, but you were raised in Jeddah which I'm so fascinated about and I've been waiting so long to ask you why but I want to know what life was like growing up you know who was cooking how how did food play a part in your life was it important so to paint the picture Mm, I mean look disappointingly it wasn't at all we were very much like if you want to eat there's food in the freezer 
yeah. kids, you know? And me and my little brother were like kind of, you know, we, 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 would, we would perfect things like the Coke float, you know? We'd spend time <laughs> on that, <laughs> time and energy on that. But we weren't like, we weren't a food, we weren't a gathering at the table. Family, that's something I discovered much later in life through friends and, and, and really kind of only realized that there was something interesting happening in the kitchen when I was in my 20s, you know? Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't that kind of childhood. Um, but that's fine. You know? Of course. And it all came, a, came much later. And So who was cooking in the kitchen, like, at home? I mean, us kids. Okay. Or, 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 or sometimes, we just, we didn't really eat together. I okay. It wasn't that story. So it was sort of just sort of, if you're hungry, go and make yourself something. Yeah. And why were you in Jeddah? No good reason. <laughs> I, I wish there was like some like story. I mean, there's no, it's not like a familiar narrative. There's no, um, my dad did not have any good reason, but he just took a job there. He just took wow. a job in, in, and worked in marketing uh, in Saudi Arabia. To, to be honest, there were parts where I really loved. I mean, I was like a kid when I was there. So it was 40, 14. And we were like quite, we were like in these compounds, which are really kind of, you know, isolated from mm. the rest of like the city but within those comments it was completely multicultural all my friends were from all around the world you know like from Egypt and Lebanon and France and England you know it was kind of this and it was sunny which I love and mm. we were just quite we were quite wild kids <laughs> so so you were there from four to 14 yeah so I assume were you going to like an international school or yeah yeah went to international school again with just kids from all all over the world so did you, you I, were you learning any, like, Middle East, like... Nope, learned French. You, you learned French, fine. <laughs> but yeah, we didn't, yeah, we'd, if, I, if I was to learn Arabic, we, it would have been as a subject. We just weren't integrated, and that's the way the country is organised. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, I think things are just starting to change. Mm. But, um, but it's very, very cut off from the rest of the world. Like, I, yeah, I was very disconnected. By the time I came to England, I had a lot to learn. I can imagine. That's why I've been, like, fascinated to ask you about it, because I think coming from, like, Iranian heritage, I really identify with sort of the Middle East as a whole, as a culture. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, like, picking out different countries. Obviously, Iran, I'm, like, incredibly connected to, but there are so many parts of it that I also potentially disagree with or you know um but I'm just fascinated by the history yeah. and I've always found Saudi Arabia as like this like lost country that like no one really knows what like goes on behind the closed doors type of thing but it's interesting you say that you used to live in these compounds because I actually knew somebody who moved out for work and they too were sort of placed in these separated communities of like international expats who were there for work so did you grow up on any lovely middle eastern food yeah i mean sometimes and um and i and i do and i definitely share that with you that i'm fascinated by the culture and i feel um connected to it in a way you know i i, I love middle eastern food and um i'm you know I, i'm very happy to see that rights are improving for women there and you know these are things which happen in my lifetime which I feel very connected to yeah. and um you know I think a lot is changing there and we'll we'll see a lot more in the next 10 years hopefully absolutely aside from coke floats did you have a massive sweet tooth as a child I mean yes, <laughs> yes so did awful. we so did you so we knew that this, this wasn't a random sort of decision later on in life that you were going to end up becoming <laughs> The sort of the cake maestro that you were did you bake a lot 
I baked with my grandma, so we would visit England two weeks of the year, and I just loved my grandma. I mean, that was it for me. And and she had, you know, looking back on it, like you know, I I don't think they had much, but she had. she had a little garden and she would grow like red currants and gooseberries oh, wow. and we would bake together but like the most simple things like sponge cake and we'd make jam but I just thought that was like the best thing I had ever seen <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was like magical wow. um and I think a lot of you know that's that's a, you know that's a common story I think a lot of people do that with their grannies but it made a big impression on me yeah I can imagine Fast forwarding a little bit to sort of your adult life, you ended up going to uh, do a degree in London at UCL um, in philosophy, and then you had a career in graphic design. And was that both here and in Australia? I mean, career is a stretch. <laughs> career is a she stretch. spent some time in the graphic design <laughs> industry. I flagged my way into a graphic design job. I had no business being in. And, and I only worked for, it was in, it was in Melbourne, and, and to be honest, it was an amazing experience, I, but, but I had no interest in really, um, you know, coming back to the UK and like working with brands or, you know, effectively bigger graphic designer. Mm. So I, and it was also, it was 2008 and it was the, obviously, yes. the crash. Yeah. And I'd always worked, like I always earned my own money since I was quite young and I'd always been able to find work and just suddenly I, no one was hiring and I was rapidly running out of the money I'd saved and was this in were you still in Australia at the time is when I moved back right okay and you know it just was you know looking for work like I always did and it just wasn't coming in and I really got quite desperately broke actually and I just started selling cakes to make like 10 pounds 50 pounds um you know to 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 live on and um and I yeah, that's but how sorry it started. To, like, it really was so, quite... I mean, you say that you just sort of decided to like go and like bake cakes. Like, did you know, like, you knew how to make a good cake, let's yeah, say, right? Of, yeah, so, were your yeah. friends kind of like, maybe baking. you should sell some of these? So I've been baking as a hobby for a long time. Yeah, that, that, that's for sure, like through in my 20s. Um, and my friends and I set up this pop up market on just off Columbia Road, like near where I am now. Yeah. And they sold clothes, and I was like, I'll do cakes and make, like, I made, like, margaritas. Nice. And My no one came. <laughs> we would just get drunk and eat all the cakes. Um, and, but we had this, you know, we had this good time. And, and, and the, you have to bear in mind, like, this was before baking as a trend happened here. Mm. It was before Bake Off and, like, cupcakes, like, all of that. Um, and a, another friend of mine was interning at Sunny Time Style, and... I somehow managed to wangle it that she pitched the idea to the then food editor, Lydia Slater, that like cupcakes were, that there was this kind of trend happening. I'd been on Google Trends and noticed that lots lots of people were Googling these recipes. I was like, who besides me else is Googling cupcakes? But it does seem to be be a massive trend. Like I didn't know anyone that baked, you know? so anyway, it, it, she wrote this article which kind of broke cupcakes as a, as a thing in the UK and she was talking about um, those American companies like Hummingbird and um, Primrose like yeah. coming over and then used me as an example of like even young people in East London are baking. Oh my god! And which sounds absurd now yeah, because yeah, yeah. everyone... But amazing as well. But it was a very different and, you know, it was a very, very different thing at the time. Um, and so within six months of you know, selling those few cakes to my friends just to scrape together some pounds. I was like, had a concession in Harrods, a book deal, and I was begging for Elton John, which is just I absurd. Just, 
That is what a like overnight like change around. Yeah, it's a crazy story. I mean, it took me a long time to make any money worth speaking of. Yeah, no, of course. To, but even so, like, even in that six months to sort of you know hit those changed. milestones is pretty incredible. Yeah, it was just it was just a, it was a very much like right place at the right time thing. And as we can see, um, Baker's just grown and grown, and it's such a part of our culture now for our generation. Um, but yeah, it was just the, the right thing. Absolutely. And I guess what I want to ask is, you know, everyone knows when they see a lily vanilli cake. I mean, it's so quintessentially you. I mean, it's, you could put them all out on display, all different cakes, and I will always know which one is yours. What has influenced and inspired your designs? Because they're so beautiful. I mean, I sort of look at them and I'm like, I don't, I don't even know if I want to eat this. It's oh so God, beautiful. Always have to eat it. <laughs> I mean, don't worry, I, I do. <laughs> but like, you know, like what inspires that? Um, I you know, it's just, it was something, I mean, maybe it was like five years ago that we just, we first started doing a little TBT to that kind of more traditional piping. And I'd like, I'd always been... I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, and over those years, like the style has changed mm, mm. a lot, and I and I like that that about baking that it can be so creative. Um, but yeah, we just started experimenting with the piping a little bit about five years ago. We did this amazing cake for Hannah Wheeland of Shrimps, and she actually sent the brief, and it was all these like '80s, just over the top cakes with pillars, and I was like, yes, like this is what we need to see more of, and it just it just like caught on it really yeah. did like it's it's so popular now and we love to see it and like I think in I don't know it's, it seemed to me like a lot of people had this in lockdown that it was just this kind of creative outlet that actually went beyond making the banana bread and like yeah. people got weird and creative mm -hmm. and I've, I was the same I was in my bakery every single day of the, of the pandemic working and um that's when I really like went for it with the piping and just, it was fun. I just, yeah. I think something's so fun It's about. actually really interesting just like linking it back to my heritage. I don't know if you've ever seen, now I, I'm sure someone's gonna say that this is absolutely wrong, but I know that it's an Iranian culture. I don't know if you've seen what Iranian birthday cakes look like. But I feel like I've seen the wedding cakes. Tell me about the birthday so, cakes. So they're nothing like yours, but it's that kind of quite old school idea with all the piping. And I never, I'm happy to say, I never actually used to like cakes like that because I it took a long time for me to start liking cream. Mm -hmm. I had a weird relationship with dairy my whole life, even though now I will eat all, yeah. the, all of the cheese board um, and all of the cream. Anyway, um, but Iranian birthday cakes or celebration cakes have that really ornate piping all around the edges. And they have, I mean, they also go full in with like the writing on the top and they've got all these beautiful like fondant roses and everything. So when I first started seeing your things, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool because I always see it at like an Iranian, you know, New Year's Eve party or something. And I always thought it was a little bit kitsch, but actually she's making it look really like in style. And the thing about um, all of that, because yes, it is like this long tradition, yeah, like the you know even here in like the eighties, but um, but it was always with fondant, like yeah. you said, and and like royal icing, which isn't good to eat. Yeah. And so we were like, well, why can't we actually pipe mm. with buttercream? Yeah. Mm. Mm. And, and here, we, and here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so you also you have the bakery in East London that sort of does its thing. That's great. You also opened a bakery in Georgia. Yes. Why? Um, honestly, just somebody called me pretty out of the blue. I sent me an email. 
they're like, I'd like to invite you to Georgia. And I was like, can I, can I bring my boyfriend? <laughs> I love <laughs> Didn't it. Didn't ask any questions. <laughs> Went over, didn't know what to expect. Just like from the minute we landed, I was just blown away. It is just the coolest city. Really? I love it. Yes, like love the people, love the food, got some of the best wine in the world. And they're like, it was a really fun city and beautiful. And I kind of had no idea. And, you know, it was very kind of casual. The guy just invited me over. He had an idea for a bakery. And um, we just saw if we got along, and we did, and so we opened a bakery together. That's so cool. And that is that still going? And yeah, yeah, it's still there. Yeah, amazing. Back, we're going to stop with the baking for a minute. I just want to sort of bring it back to sort of food in general. What's your relationship with food like? I mean, I love cooking, mostly for other people. I'm. I love eating out. I mean, I just my life my life story is becoming increasingly just about food, um, food and drink. I like but, to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but for me, it's always like I like the um, the I'm I'm like a decadent eater, I guess. So right. so give me an example. Like, where, where are some of your favorite places to eat out? Um, you know, I'm, I'm really spoiled in my neighborhood. So mm. we have Marito there and the Marksman, um, Campania, the Italian on on my street, um, and then. You know, I love to go up. You know, I love to go uptown at the moment. I think we're all enjo- we're we're all enjoying being back to life, right? So I find myself at a place like the Wolsey. Yeah, you know? we were just talking before recording. It does feel like the Roaring Twenties, doesn't it? After the yeah. war and like everyone's just out celebrating and sort of doing all the things they couldn't do for like two years. <laughs> yeah, and that that is very much it. Um, but yeah, I think. I think I have a good relationship with food. Something and and you said you like cooking. What are some of your specialities at home? So I'm, I mean, if I'm being lazy, I'll do steaks and like lots of good salads. I'm good with a potato. Um, good with a potato. Good with a roast. But yeah, a lot of like um, steak and then just really good salads and sides. Expect like twenty sides. When am I coming over? <laughs> Any time, <bits. laughs> As, I mean, do you eat cake anywhere else but your own place? Pretty rarely, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I get enough of that at home. Fair enough. I would go around and sort of, like, do my market research mm-hmm. and be, like, one of those, like, secret shoppers and be like, nope, you're not getting it right. That's just, like, awful, too sweet, too buttery. One of the reasons I got into baking as a hobby was because I feel like if you're going to have anything as indulgent as cake, it should be really perfect for you. So I'm like, I know exactly how to make a cake that hits the spot for mm. me. So it's like the perfect level of sweetness and so on. Um, so I, so I just be like, why risk it? I, I also love baking. I don't claim to be the world's greatest baker, but I, I make quite good cakes from the crowds of my family who flock. I bake because I find it so therapeutic, and I love to cook. But with when I cook. I might be inspired by a recipe, but I quite like to just sort of do my thing. Whereas when I bake, I find it such a scientific process in a way because perhaps I'm not good enough to just be like, oh yeah, I just need that amount of flour. I'm, I'm quite like regimented. Do you, find, do you find a way to kind of relax whilst you're baking? I don't know if maybe because it's become your career, but I do find it a way to switch off. Yeah, no, I find it very therapeutic. I remember like when, even when I started you know my business kind of became my full-time career and all of the stress that comes with that I would still go to the bakery in the evening and bake to like relax even though it was the 
I my love that career that had made me stressed out in the first place I was like, I'm definitely doing the right thing <laughs> but I think people do get hung up on this idea of baking being like a science and and I get where they're coming from because it's also like you know there there are certain rules which you have to kind of stick to in ratios and and temperatures and mm. um and if you mess that up it can be a really expensive mistake but I also think you know in the same way there are there are similarly parameters with cooking so like you know, you have to cook your meat to the right temperature mm. and for the right length of time, and you have to sweat your onions for a sauce or use the right amount of salt. But um, once you grasp the basics, then you can, that's when you can start like dashing this and that. And I'm the same with, you know, with a baking recipe, I'll, I'll read it, but I don't follow it so closely. But you get the idea, you, you get the kind of core things which you need to get right. And then you can actually be quite free with your flavors and mm. the way you put it all together and the way you decorate and so on mm. so i think if you if, if you learn the, the the basics it can actually give you back all of that freedom what is your favorite cake i love my my vanilla sponge like you know that that probably is like the, the recipe i spent the longest on and it's my, all my customers favorite and it's you know that's the one for me but even to eat that's my favorite mm. it's just like gravity defyingly fluffy and light and and out of all the incredible people that you've worked with, can you pinpoint one particular cake that you're sort of most proud of that perhaps was like maybe the most decadent or just meant a lot to you? I mean, we, I once did this cake for the V&A, which was as exhibited as like a sculpture and then, wow. and then cut up and eaten. And I would normally say that, but it was probably that cake for Hannah from Shrimps because it really? really changed the course and like started this whole kind of... Um, it just kick, really kicked off this piping thing and that's been so fun for me and creative mm. and you know been I think people responded the best to you and I think it's also sort of made that style very synonymous to you you've kind of like found your little niche in a way which is amazing that kind of sets you apart from you know everyone else which is always I think once you've kind of found that that's sort of like right I'm going to run with that I mean it, it get me it definitely got me through the doors well I was about to say that's why we're sitting at the theatre royal darling <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask you, um, you, oh my God, I just completely lost my train of thought. Hold on. What was it going to That was it. I wanted to ask you, um, do you have, what are sort of like your top tips for any sort of like bake home bakers out there? Like, you know, anything that you could just say that's, what's like the best thing you've learned? Mm, okay. Top tips. I would say, you know, it goes back to what we were just discussing, but Definitely, um, I would say, this is such a boring answer, I would say read a little bit about why you do just very, very basic um, intro to baking. Why, the, why, why these temperatures for your ingredients? Why do you have to be so strict with the building blocks, the flour, the butter, the sugar, the eggs? Because once you grasp that, it's not threatening anymore. And then you really can't, you know, this is something... I mean, I don't, if you look back on all the crazy stuff I've made over the years, this is something that's going to be very creative and rewarding and, and um, people shouldn't feel like it's this kind of science thing which is created by people in lab coats because it's far from the truth. Um, so that's a boring answer. Fun tips would be, okay, so to get a really level cake, when you take it out of the oven, just squash it gently down so you don't ever have to, like, trim that. Ah. It doesn't matter if it domes. And you, there's no wastage, there's no mess. Just really gently just press that flat. It's perfectly fine. That's a more fun tip. I love it. I mean, I might be asking some of my own questions <laughs> later on. <laughs> 
So I mentioned in the intro that you're one of the co-founders of the pre prestigious YBF Awards, which is the Young British Foodies. For anyone who doesn't know what this is, can you sort of give us a bit of an overview of it and sort of why it's important for you to be a part of? Yeah, so we found it 10 years ago. Um, and it's all about putting the spotlight on grassroots talent and, and innovation and creativity. And I guess especially like where I started out and, and, and at that time, it was kind of, you know, just after the period we discussed in, at the beginning, kind of before everyone baked. But then there was like a lot of people doing these very small artisanal businesses that were really creative. But we felt like the existing Food and Drink Awards were kind of still always celebrating TV chefs and these kind of like tier one kind of fabulously talented people. But, the, you know, maybe 1% of the country could afford to eat at their restaurants. And we yeah. were like, what, what's actually happening? It's exciting and putting us on the global map again with food is happening at grassroots. And that's also where people really need the support. So Absolutely. That's, that, was the, that was where we came from. And we've just loved it every, every year of it. We've been on pause a couple of years, mm. but, um, but we're very excited to bring it back. And, and over the years, we've seen some amazing people become the rising stars of the, you know, the future, which Absolutely. is Absolutely. And so will it be back in 2022? Yes. Back Yay. next year. Yes. Great. And obviously, this is what you're going to be working on here at the Theatre Royal for the foreseeable. But is there anything else we can expect from Lily Vanilli? We're really we're starting to launch classes, so <gasps> we do Lily Vanilli yes. Academy. Oh, um, sign me up! Yeah, you should come <laughs> in, come for a lesson. They're actually really fun, and we and we we've had great results so far. So, just teaching people how to make and decorate cakes. Why the name Lily Vanilli? It was just a stupid joke. Like, I, you have to imagine I had no, no real intention of starting out in a business, starting a business. I'm going to tell you something really embarrassing. You know, I thought that was your real name. That's fine. <laughs> Before, I I think think we're do. talking like years ago when I was sort of, no, it wasn't actually. That's, why am I lying? Um, it was actually quite recently when I was sort of making a list of who I wanted to get on this season. I was like, oh, I really want Lily Vanilli. And I just kept referring to you as Lily Vanilli. <laughs> and then I think when like the emails were coming through, I was like, her name is not Lily Vanilli. Her name is Lily Jones. <laughs> No, but but I so might boring. still call her Lily Vanilli. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. No, it's just a stupid joke. But I actually, surprisingly, it doesn't name. bother me. Oh, I love it. It also reminds me of that like 80s band. What were they called? Um, Milly Vanilli. Yeah, exactly. There ah, we go. That's the joke. Yeah, okay, perfect. Great. <laughs> okay, I'm on the right track. <laughs> okay, I always finish my chats with a few quick fire questions. Mm -hmm. Okay, what is the craziest food you've ever eaten? I'm, I'm, I guess I've eaten loads of bugs. Oh, nice. Lovely. Yeah. What's your favourite? <laughs> They're all good. <laughs> Couldn't choose. Um, yeah, I mean... Oh, do you know what? In, in uh, Mexico, they always give you those salty little crickets when you have a Oh, nice. Margarita. Yes. I think crunchy. I was served that once. I don't salty. think I ate it. Lovely, yeah. It's little crunchy. <laughs> what has been your most memorable meal? There was... Okay, so this is really grody. But there was a time in lockdown when, you know, being... A, I don't know if, how, how far into it we were, but it was when everything started being really stressful and I was working really long hours like by myself. And um, my boyfriend came to the bakery and just like made me steak and chips and like brought Aww. in, um, bought a um, tablecloth and candles and we just kind of had like a night out in. Oh, I love it that. It was sweet. It definitely showed me the power of like how much just a nice meal can really change your, you know, your outlook. And oh my gosh. Like, it does incredible things to you. So, <laughs> I 
I don't know why I always laugh before I ask this question, because <laughs> um, I think it's a very serious question. Um, my favourite snack of all time is a packet of crisps. Mm -hmm. What is your favourite flavour of crisps and why? Oh, salt and vinegar. Yes. Yeah. Okay, but I need to know, like, are we talking like a thin crisp or like a thick cut? Um, okay, I'll probably go thick cut. So thick kind thick of cut. like a kettle chip type? Yeah. Okay. Given the choice, but I'd eat either happily. You take whatever. Yeah. Okay. Great, great answer, because <laughs> that's usually my answer. What food sums up happiness for you? Steak and chips. <laughs> I mean, I'm quite, yeah, that's it, really. Chips quite quite close to the top of the list but steak and chips and red wine that hits the spot what's your favorite cut of steak um i got a ribeye yeah me too <laughs> and do you like a thin fry or do you like a thick cut chip Ooh. i know i probably it's getting very political now <laughs> thin ones yeah okay you're my like, kind of girl <laughs> the, for me the, the the three food groups are salty potato and fried and yeah <laughs> and, it, and it hits all of us <laughs> you know yeah I would go thin, I'd go thin, crunchier. Yeah, perfect. Final question, live to eat or eat to live? Oh, live to eat. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Spoken like a true woman. <laughs> Lily, it's been an absolute pleasure to meet you, to talk with you in the most beautiful of settings. I think you are incredibly talented and I honestly wish you nothing but the best of success in the Aww, future. Thank you so much for having me. You can follow Lily on social media at Lily underscore Vanilli underscore cake. Until next time. Bye. Oh, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. If you love what you hear, please subscribe and review. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Crazy Sexy Food and check out the Crazy Sexy Food YouTube channel. Until next time, bye.